The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was hungry. The tempter approached him and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become loaves of bread. And he said in reply, It is written, One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and made him stand on the parapet of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Then the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their magnificence. And he said to him, All these I shall give to you if you will prostrate yourself and worship me. At this Jesus said to him, Get away, Satan. It is written, The Lord your God shall you worship, and him alone will you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Gospel of the Lord. It is a maxim that we all know that before any great endeavor, there must be a period of preparation. And the greater the task, the greater the mission, the greater and more intense the preparation. There's also a maxim written through eternity in every corner of the universe that there will never be a crown without the struggle. There is no victory without the battle. That is the condition we are in. And it is that that we see today. Our Lord, in a very positive way, took upon himself the sins of the world at his baptism. The 
Holy Spirit came down upon him. But now, in a negative way, he will take upon himself the sins, rather the temptations, of all humanity. He will take upon himself the inducement to sin that we all know. Again, temptation is not sin. What is it? Shakespeare said, "'Tis one thing to be tempted, another thing to fall." Our Lord now, in preparation for his mission of redemption, takes upon himself all human temptation. But first he goes into the desert. When someone is anointed, we pray that they will be freed from all sin and temptation in the anointing of the sick. Because when we are sick, when we are weak, even from hunger or thirst or exhaustion, we are more vulnerable to temptation. We are more open to an attack. So we are told the Lord was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. 40 is an important number in Scripture. Everyone has to prepare. St. Paul did. He spent three years in Arabia. Moses spent 40 days and 40 nights preparing to receive the law. Elijah spent 40 days and 40 nights preparing for his mission. The people of Israel spent 40 years in the desert preparing to enter the promised land. Now our Lord spends 40 days and 40 nights fasting. And we are told, notice how the gospel puts it, that afterwards he was hungry. Only a phrase, how simple. And afterwards he was hungry. So he is weak, and the tempter comes. Now notice the temptations. There are three temptations, basically, that affect all of us, and every temptation falls into it, either individually or as a group. The first are temptations to the flesh, lust, gluttony. The second, temptations of the mind, pride, and envy. As we saw in our first parents in the first reading, the sin of pride. They wanted to be like God. Not in the good sense, but they wanted to be actually like him. Notice, too, there that there is the temptation to rationalize. God confronts Adam. Adam blames Eve and blames God. The woman you sent me, you did it. Eve blames the serpent. In any event, our Lord now will enter into these. And the third type of temptation is the idolatry of created things, greed, avarice.
we also know that at different times in our lives, we are more affected by some than by others. Lust tends to be the sin of youth, power, pride, middle age, and avarice, old age. So the tempter now comes and offers him three temptations. Whenever we are tempted to something, we're tempted away from something. We must remember that. Here, our Lord is tempted to three things, and he's tempted away from something, too. He's tempted away from the Father and away from the cross, as we are. We are tempted away from God and away from the cross. The devil wants him to accept his temptations, but not a cross. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Yes, be a bread king. Satisfy their appetites. Feed them. Give them what they want. They'll love you, but no cross. No cross. Our Lord responds, one does not live on bread alone. The second, he takes them to the holy city on the parapet of the temple and says, throw yourself down. A temptation to be a wonder worker. To awe them. Make them say, oh, they like that. They'll follow you if you can do that, but not a cross. They will not follow a cross. They don't want it. And finally, he takes them to the mountain and shows them all the kingdoms of the world in their magnificence and says, all these I shall give to you. Is the devil telling the truth for once in his existence? Does he really own them? Do they belong to him? The temptation to power, to control. You can have them. They're yours, but not a cross. They won't follow that. Our Lord rejects the third temptation also. So you and I then experience this reality in our lives. We experience the temptations. But our Lord, unlike our first parents and all the rest of us who lived to be the age of reason, fall. Our Lord now will take upon himself what our first parents rejected, and he will succeed. He will conquer every temptation And he will do that in our name. We are told that we are never tempted beyond our ability. We can never say, I couldn't control myself. We are never tempted beyond our ability. Our Lord has conquered every temptation in himself and every temptation in us, if we wish to accept it. And so, he now will go on with his mission. But the temptations won't stop as they won't with us either. But every time we are tempted, we have the potential to grow. You never think of that. But every time we overcome a temptation with grace, and it's only with God's grace, we grow in that grace and we become a different person. We become not only stronger, but we become more God-like in that conquering. As I said, the temptations will continue. They'll come from his own apostles. Peter will tempt him away from the cross. Our Lord will call him Satan. 
when he does it. And finally, of course, on the cross, the temptations will come even more emphatically. First from the soldiers. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. And the chief priests and the elders and the scribes, same thing. He saved others, he cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel, let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. Believe? Sure. Believe in the Trinity? Yes. The Church? Yes. Eucharist? Certainly. Just come down from the cross, and we will believe. But he stays, it's divine to stay, it's human to come down. So you and I, then, are called to these things, too. We are called to be victorious. I would point out, however, that there is only, well, there there are many ways in which we fight temptation. But the greatest weapon of all in the fight against temptation is the Eucharist. Obviously. It should be. The greatest greatest, uh, healing power of all, the greatest remedy, the greatest weapon is the Eucharist. Because in all the other sacraments, we receive the power of Christ. In this sacrament, we receive him himself. And there's nothing we can't overcome, and there's no victory that we need fear. My brothers and sisters, we look forward to celebrating at Easter the life-giving mysteries of our Lord's suffering, death, and resurrection. As we journey together in the Easter sacraments, these catechumens and candidate will look to us for the example of Christian renewal. Let us pray to the Lord for them and for ourselves, that we may be renewed by one another's efforts and together come to share the joys of Easter. That these catechumens and candidates may be freed from selfishness and learn to put others first, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That their godparents and sponsors may be living examples of the gospel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer that their teachers may always convey to them the beauty of God's word. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That these catechumens and candidates may share with others the joy they have found in their friendship with Jesus. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That our community, during the coming Lenten season, may grow in charity and be constant in prayer. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Father of love and power, it is your will to establish everything in Christ and to draw us into his all-embracing love. Guide these catechumens and candidates in the days and weeks ahead. Strengthen them in their vocation. Build them into the kingdom of your Son and seal them with the spirit of your promise. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.